Kira, you're at a loss. I'm Timothy Giles. I'm a funeral celebrant. A role which gives me the gift of spending time with people who've really understood how to live a full life when death has made its presence felt. The, the point in these conversations is to talk about grief, but from a place of, of living a full life. Sh- Aston Wells. I just about called you Sean. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you. I caught well, you. When, when we first met, you were at primary school, right? Correct. I don't know if, um, was Shawnee at school by that time or was he still preschool? Do you remember? Probably preschool, to Probably. be honest. Um, How old are you now? And I look, I'm as, not... I, as I say that, I feel it's such what the old man says yeah. to the young guy. It's like, <laughs> so how old are you now? Uh, I, I, I just turned 35. 35. Yeah. Right. So it's a good, it's a good 30 year span. We've, we've known each other, my friend. It is. Mm-hmm. And Sean, your little brother, has been dead for how long now? 10 years as of March, March 2nd, this year. So he was 2010, he passed away. Do I say happy anniversary? Um, not many people have. No. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's, it's, um, as I sort of said to, said to you before, the, the celebration of his death, we mark on his birthday. Um, the second of the third is, a, is, is almost, it's almost, it's just another day. Um, and that's how sort of both myself and my family have always treated it. It's never been a moment where we dwell on this, you know, it's not, it's not this pinnacle day of the year. Where okay, we can, we talk, can we talk for a moment yeah. then about Shawnee? Of course. <clears throat> Cause I, when I'm, I mean, you, you're taller than me now and bigger than me and stronger <laughs> than me and smarter than me and more <laughs> successful than me. And I only resented a little bit, Aston, <laughs> but I remember you as boys and you were the classical older brother because mm. he was trouble, mate. Like, he was. He was mischief. And he was mischief. Yeah. And, Personified. But you had to love him, right? Mm. I mean, like, you know, we went away on holidays mm. and he was just fun. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, he was naughty and he was trouble and he was bad. But you had to forgive him and join in with him. Yeah. And, and I, I was the adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was it being his big brother? Um... Uh, it was incredible, um, to be fair. Um, I mean, uh, growing up as, 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 as young boys, you know, we bickered, we fought, we, we did all the things that typical brothers do. We're, we're 23 months apart, um, so not a huge amount, but enough for my mother to consider us uh, almost twins. And in that respect, um, I was made to take him everywhere with me. Um, growing up, so he was always, if Aston was going out with his friends, Sean was going with him. If, I was, if Aston was going to a birthday party, Sean was going with him. Um, and, and, and at the time, um, I dreaded it. I absolutely hated it. I was like, why can't Sean have his own life? Where, where are Sean's friends, you know? Um, but looking back on it, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world because of the bond that was created. Uh, and almost, you know, you have a brotherly bond. Um, but this was, this was I, I considered it far more than that. Let's, let's talk about that for a moment because you have your own business, you're successful, and well done, mate, you know, with working as hard as you've done and, 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 and what you've created. And you Thank founded you. it with, with your brother. I did, yeah. And you were living together. We were, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's unusually close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was an intense bloke. Uh, he, he was, yeah, especially at that stage of, of his life. Um, he, you're obviously aware of, of, of him growing up in his youth and uh, the trouble that he got into. But... Um, the, the sort of, the turnaround that he did and the transition he went through. Um, but let's talk for a moment about some of the trouble right? okay. that, that he got into. <laughs> just, just to give an illustration. Yeah. The little boy was mischief and so lovable, mm-hmm. right? And 
you know, I loved that little yeah. boy. And then we, we watched the young man emerge and... The adolescent had a point to prove. Okay, tell me. Um, I, and I don't, I don't think it was necessarily... I don't think it was driven by any sort of um, need to be respected or whatever. It was just he, he wanted to make a mark. Um, and I think... It, he he was he was never in a position where he directly I think influenced people like he wasn't that kind of like yeah yeah it was more that people were gravitated towards him um, and he was a, and he was he was the leader of his pack um, and again being at the forefront of that and because of the mischief that we used to get up to back then it escalated um, from you know your sort of you know drinking in the park type scenario to a bit of vandalism to to you know to to, to graffiti, to, to fighting, to, you know, to, uh, yeah, it escalated quite significantly um, to the point where, you know, he ended up in the district court and he ended up losing an eye um, because of it, because someone had a problem with him and, 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 and ended up shooting him in the face with a slug gun. And so he lost his eye and it, yeah, it got, it got really, really gnarly there for a bit. And it wasn't really a surprise when that happened, was it? No, no, it was, it was, it was, it was, um, what's the word? It was almost revenge, you know, uh, or, or, or or another person then trying to sort of, you know, cut someone else of power down. You know, we were very competitive back then. All, all young men are. Um, we were heavily, heavily influenced by, I guess, like hip hop. And we, you know, we wanted, we loved that culture. Um, we, 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 you know, we had crews and it was, it was, it all seems a bit strange now. Um, but that's the kind of world that we involved ourselves in as, 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 as young boys. Um, now, now that you're a 35 year old man, mm. it seems strange. Yeah. I mean, the brotherhood created was amazing amongst our friends. Um, but the activities that we got up to, um, you know, we didn't need to walk that line, um, so closely. I think, you know, it, it just because of the grief that it caused other people. Um, it wasn't, you know, looking back on it, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was Unnecessary, I think. Um, I mean, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't necessarily change the lessons learned, um, but I would take back any sort of pain or, or, or um, grief that we caused other people, you know, having now gone through probably the most grief-stricken period of my life. Um, well, let's have a look for a moment, though, because Shawnee's wheels were much wobblier than yours in that time. But, he just got caught. But, okay. <laughs> he just got caught. Um, in yours, all, in all honesty. yours really came off later. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But what's interesting to me is, would we say 11 years ago, 12 years ago, you guys were, you guys were on form. You were mm. focused. You, I mean, you were that exuberance and energy that had gone into things that did cause damage to others, mm. right? And and alarmed those who loved you. Yes. Then went into work and into creating something, right? Is that I mean, is that twelve years ago? You and yeah, she... yeah. We were both we, we both um entered university around around the same time. I'd taken a year off after high school, um, just to experience work and I was I was a labourer on a construction site and then um doubled that up by being a kitchen hand uh, at night time. So it was a very uh I just, I just enjoyed work. I enjoyed money. I enjoyed going out and all the rest of it. And then we sort of ended up at uni and sort of battled our way through the early years. Um, and then we, we, you know, got, I guess got me going from earning, 
you know, I sort of say like a whopping $900 at 18 years old. But that was know, a lot of week. money. It was, it was a lot of money. Um, then uh, to, to university where we had to rely on, um, you know, fortunately enough, the, the student allowance, which was 150 and, and of that 150, um, mum instantly got 100 for board and all the rest of it. And then the 50 was really just travel from from where we were living into the city to, to go to um, AUT. And so that that was that that transition for me was actually quite difficult, um, going from one life almost to another. And so for the first few years, we we sort of struggled with that, but um, we ended up just making money. Um, we went out there, and we put ourselves out there, and and, and our mother um, really put us out there. Like she would, we'd be doing garden makeovers one weekend, we'd be doing painting of walls one weekend, and we basically created, unbeknownst to us, for us it was pocket money. But unbeknownst to us, it was the it was it was literally the the starting of this business. Um, uh, that then, when we first got our first uh, client, which was a, a restaurant group, um, they had four restaurants: one in Ponsonby, Takapuna, Albany, and Remuera, and that was our run seven days a week uh, while we were completing our degrees. What were you doing? Uh, cleaning, commercial. So cleaning. that was the birth of Wells Brothers Cleaning. That 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 really was. Um, that's when we knew we had something because the person who we were cleaning for, uh, we had uncovered was actually uh, an incredibly uh, stringent operator in his own right and for a cleaning company that made it very difficult um where at one point uh, the pest control guy we actually bumped into him one morning and he actually said wow you guys are still here and this is this is almost 18 months along the track and he basically said no other cleaning company has survived past six months that i've known and i've been servicing these sites for for 15 years um, so for us, that was almost, that was a moment that was when like, okay, cool. Let's, let's see how far we can take this. Um, cause what I observed from a distance was you two were obsessed. Mm. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. We were, um, we were, we wanted to create a legacy. It was the first time I think in our lives where we shared this common goal with, through a common vehicle, uh, through a vehicle we had created and a vehicle, um, we were very passionate about. And we, we, because it's stuff that we've done our whole lives, um, you know, earning little pocket money here and there, it was quite, it was just this wonderful energy around the business. And, and at that time, um, as we sort of alluded to before, Sean ha- had done a complete 180, 360, however you want to call it. Um, no, it was a 180 because a 360, he's back in the spin. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, doing, yeah. Right? It, was, so it, was, it was a firm 180. He um, was, I mean, I still remember with his kickboxing, hmm. right, and mates of mine who were, were, you know, some of them actually professional fighters. Yeah. And they would train with Shawnee, mm. and they'd just go like, your young mate kicked my ass. Mm. And he, he was a phenomenal athlete. Mm. I, I, and, I, and I attribute a lot of that 180 to that gym, um, to, to, the, to the whole Ligar family at the time. Um, to this day, are uh, still very good friends of mine uh, and, and will always have a very special place in my heart for the influence um, that they had on his life. You so know? Can I just come to now? We all watched Sean become this amazing, one-eyed, kickboxing, <laughs> business-obsessed, hard-working. You guys started to have money. You were employing friends. You were helping friends get the experience you'd had mm. of, hey, here's what work does for you, Yeah. right? You know, bring the pride, the identity, the purpose, and, the, and then the good things that come from that, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, our first employee, actually, um, funny enough, was a guy by the name of Rehan, and he had literally uh, just flown in from Sri Lanka with his family to start a new life. And his first port of call was our mother's garage in Green Lane, walking into a job interview that me and Sean had 
had staged. Um, and to this day, he is still my right hand man. He's our, he's my operations manager. Um, he's my brother. He's, he has been absolutely incredible over the past 10 years with my own recovery. So I want to talk about that past 10 years because the wheels came off for you, Aston. Yeah. They came off pretty dramatically. And it started when Shawnee died. Yeah, there was, there was a, there was a tendency to kind of push the boundaries before that. But once that happened, um, there were no boundaries. Um, it was a sudden death. It was sudden. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously we were living together. So, uh, I was at home, uh, watching a movie. Uh, Sean came home having just gone out for, for dinner, which, which I found out later was, was by himself. Uh, he took himself to the Ponsonby food court and got his favorite meal at the time, which was a Penang curry. And then came home, and, and when he came home, he basically just said, hey, uh, and went straight to bed. And I thought, okay, that's just, you know, that's just Sean, he's had a big day or whatever. Uh, I stay up quite late watching watching a movie and, and all the rest of it, and then um, at about one o'clock, I hear a, a, a glass smash in his room. And, and growing up, Sean had always suffered from asthma. And so there would be these violent asthma attacks, and, and I guess that's triggered something for me. Not that he'd had that for years, you know, at about 13, he'd kind of gotten over the asthma. Um, and then that sort of triggered something for me. So I got up and ran into his room and, um, turned on the light and he was basically sort of, uh, crouched down, stomach facing the mattress, crouched, crouched over, uh, with his blanket over him. And I flicked on the light and, um, the first thing, and because I was sort of a bit dazed anyway, the first thing he, he basically just sort of pushed himself up and looked at me in the eye and just said, go away, go away, go away. And my reaction to that was, uh, well, he was potentially with someone, you know, that was, you know, Sean, you know, was, was, was a, you know, fit and handsome, fit charming. and handsome. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and so I kind of got a little bit embarrassed and, and turned off the light and, and left. Um, thinking back on it, I'll never forget the color of his eyes at the time. They were, the, his, it was either his pupils were incredibly dilated or it was just, it was just, it was just black, you know, and Sean had quite soft brown eyes and now that I think about it, when you flick lights on, your pupils contract, you know, that's just what, what we do. And, and that, that wasn't the case. So after going back to sleep, um, I woke up and it probably was about like nine o'clock to be honest. Um, and I went to the bathroom and I noticed that Sean's door was closed and it was dark under the door. There was a gap. You could see the light. Sean would have been up at seven o'clock running up Mount St. John. Um, and, and you know, his door was always open, windows open. By that time he would have been sort of in our office. Uh, working um, and so that kind of triggered something for me and then um, evidently opened the door uh, saw him in there I uh, ran over to him and he was stone cold um, and then from there it's a bit of a blur I don't really remember I remember getting on the phone call in the ambulance they were trying so to... from there from there it is a blur and mm. I think the blur lasted how many years six or seven. Mm. Oh, no six because there was a year where no probably six or seven Let's talk about self-destructive behaviour. Mm-hmm. It's um, looking back on it, it was incredibly selfish, um, but I didn't really see. I didn't really see any other way. Um, it was the way I dealt with it. it, and it wasn't. It wasn't just Sean's death that I was dealing with at the time. I think I got smashed with a lot of grief from previous deaths. My grandma, my my granddad also died in quick succession, um, who were incredibly influential on in my life. Um, we would go to her house every day after school because mum was out there working being the solo mum she was. Um, so she was our second mum and that ha- literally happened uh, 11 or 12 months before Sean passed away. 
So mum got smashed with a double whammy. I mean, as did I. Um, but yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just yeah sort of lost, completely lost track. And um, as I sort of say, you know, my happiest place was with my brother. Um, and so, not directly, but indirectly, I did everything in my power to push those boundaries. And and I guess at the time, and I say this really loosely, but you know, hopefully, end up in my happy place. Um, because again, I, I must stress, it wasn't a direct course of action I took. I just did some really crazy shit. Um, it wasn't a death wish. No, it wasn't a death wish. It was, was it a loss of, you said there were no boundaries. So was it the loss of, was it a reaching for something, do you think? Oh yeah, it was, it was an absolute cry for help. Um, 100%. You were hard to help me. It was, it was, yeah, it was, um... Yeah, there was no hope helping me, but it was. It was, um, when I actually look back on it, everything I was doing was, yeah, trying to create some attention, but not like in, in, in a direct attention-seeking way. It was more like I needed to be, I needed to be hugged, you know? I needed um, to feel safe because I was living an incredibly unsafe life. In what ways? Um, just being out all hours of the day, uh, mixing with a, a, a very interesting crowd um, that you know probably definitely didn't have my best interests at heart. Um, or their own. Or, or their own. Um, just yeah, acting, acting out really. A lot of lot of drinking, um, drugs. Um, just yeah. Um, I unfortunately had a, vi a vice where driving was a thing for me. Um, being in, a, I'd get, I'd, I'd be in social situations. Then you know, I'd, I'd be drinking, drinking, and I, I sort of, I found that I was drinking to suppress, and then that suppression would lift quite dramatically, and it would then be, you know, drinking to express. Um, and by being in a social situation, the last thing I wanted to do was sit there and wallow and cry and all the rest of it. So I would get in my car which is incredibly reckless and, and dangerous, and I learned the repercussions of that the hard way. Well, you didn't learn quickly, did no, you? No, I didn't learn quickly. It was, over, it was over a number of years. And over a number of convictions. Yes. Um, yeah. It wasn't, a, well, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't a swift lesson. Um, and did you have substance dependency? Um... It would be very easy to say yes, but I think that it was the dependency came from trying to deal with the grief okay. because once I kind of stopped, I stopped um, like immediately. There was no, there was no like weaning off it or there was no. Okay. But you stopped at the last minute yeah. before the one thing that you didn't want, which was a custodial prison sentence. Mm. Right. And is, is it's fair to say at the last minute, right? Yeah, it was, it was, I did, I didn't have to, I don't think I have to, I mean, I got through, um, I managed to get through nine months of kind of faking it, that uh, I was under being monitored under by being a judge, monitored, judicial yeah, monitoring yeah. through the drug court, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, look, I would. What were you faking? Um, I guess my rehabilitation. Um, I was, it wasn't, it wasn't a genuine, it wasn't a genuine desire to get better. It wasn't, it, was, it wasn't for, for, for those nine months. Um. 
And then I, I just, I, I think I, I don't know, I just woke up um, and I thought, fuck, bro, like you've been given this chance to really turn your life around and deal with what you haven't dealt with. By one woman. By, by one woman, yeah. A judge. A judge, yeah. Right. Um, and she was incredibly empathetic, um, thinking back on it, incredibly. Um, and so I just decided to honor her commitment to me, um, you know. 75 percent through my actual, you know, sentence at the time. What was the change in your life, Aston? What did it involve? Uh, cutting up drugs and alcohol. Um, being with myself, uh, learning how to be with myself. So, you know, there was a lot of people that disappeared, um, and that wasn't intentionally. I don't, I don't shut people off. I just wasn't going out anymore. You know, people would text me still at, fuck, even years, a year later, would text me at 3 a.m., hey, bro, you out. Um, it was, it was, it's actually, it was quite strange, but it was a, it was a filtration process, um, both internally and externally. So I was filtering all the shit out of my body, and as a result of that, I guess what was around me also sort of dissipated. Um, and that kind of gave me the freedom to be me and learn who I was and for the, those last three months, I, I was completely sober. Um, and again, going back to the dependence uh, dependence thing, I didn't never ever felt in that three months, I never felt like I needed to have a drink or I needed to do whatever. It was just this firm focus on trying to experience life again so, in its purest form, I guess. And experiencing your life in its purest form is life without your brother. Yeah. And it's with... What the absence of your brother was filled, you know, I, this these conversations are about grief, right? Mm. What what was the absence filled with? Uh, love for myself, an appreciation for myself. I mean, there were activities, obviously. You know, I was going to the gym and uh, bought myself a bike, and you know, I, I would I would fill my my days with positive energy, I guess, or creating positive energy for, with, from within myself. Um, I didn't share too much of that initially, um, and for that first month of being sober, I, I you know, I cried. Um, I cried a lot. I would speak to Sean a lot. I would, you know, ask him why he decided to leave then. Or he's or, dead. Yeah. What do you mean? He's dead. Um, but I always felt him around. Um, I still feel him around. Um, I still feel his guidance hugely in decisions that I make, regardless of whether I sit there and go, okay, hey Sean, what do you think I should do with this? I, I don't do that. That's not. That's not what I do. It's more just this, it just feels like the decision that has been made is being guided to some degree. Um, because life has really, from where it could have gone, um, has, has, has worked out pretty nicely for, to now sit here with you and, and talk about it and reflect on it all. Like I'm very, very happy and content and I still have a lot of motivation to, 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 to achieve certain things and, yeah, that that didn't exist in that period. There, I'm getting a sense that there is still an us. There's still Very much so. look, and, and you know, when I met you as a boy, mm. and then right the way through, there was always Aston and Sean, Sean and Aston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there still is. There still is. Um, a lot of people still talk about them. You know, um, I still talk about him a lot. You know, it's it, like it feels weird that we sit here and say, "Oh, he died ten years ago." Like it. it could have been six months ago with the amount of conversation that is still around my brother and, and his influence on them and whatever. And, and because it was such a, he, he managed to, in those last months, that, that positive energy he was putting out there just 
influenced so many people um, to various degrees, obviously. But yeah, he, I, I'm I'm const, I'm constantly talking about him. Um, I was describing him the other day to someone, mm. right? And uh, I said he was that guy who you'd be walking along the road. And there'd be this, yo, hey, whoa, hey, Josie, whoa, yay, hey, whoa. And it's like, he didn't care who else was around. Yeah. And it didn't matter how busy he was. Mm. You'd look over, there'd be this huge grin and this muscular, bouncing, smiling guy going, it's me, hey, it's you, whoa, yeah, you're good, whoa, yeah. And then, and then he's gone. Yeah, and then he's gone, yeah. He was doing while he was driving, hanging out of the window. So. <laughs> um, we've only got a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. Well... What is grief? It's a journey. For me, it was well. For me, it was a, a pretty extreme journey. Um, you, but it's, you, but it's you, normal. You marked that journey on your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a few and, times. And, and thank you for showing me, right? Because <laughs> I, I, I noticed that the tears on your fingers, which are the five people, was it? Yeah, four, four people that passed Lynn, away. Joe and Shawnee. Yeah. And Shawnee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like, the shirt comes off and heavily tattooed. <laughs> Is that has that been the passage of your journey? And actually, a great tattoo. Yeah, sure, that um, yeah. that 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 was that was a part of the healing process, definitely. Um, and I, I look, I, I, it started because um, it was something that me and Sean were going to do. Um, then obviously the the family crest turned into a portrait of him, and then I got the family crest to honour, you know, what me and him were going to do. Um, Can you talk about the ink though? There's well, an ingredient in the ink. Yeah. So on the on the portrait, um. I ended up getting some of Sean's ashes um, mixed in with the ink. Now, scientifically, does that Im- implant it in your body? Um, probably not, but but I think it was it was such a wonderful gesture, and and the, the artist who did it um, felt very proud. It, it, it elevated the tattoo, um, and for me, it's, it's yeah, it's it's something that um, I treasure completely, you know. And the fact that he was open to doing that and all the rest of it, you know, um, it was it was a very very special ingredient. There's a tapu about that, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm. The ring? Yeah, I had a ring uh, made for my brother and my father, um, and we had some of his ashes, ashes excuse me, mixed in with the um, with with the gold during that process too. So, you know, he's, you know, you said, you know, it's it's an us thing, and it's totally an us thing. You know, I've got my right hand man on my right arm, and you know, he guides my left. <laughs> so, it's um, he's yeah, he's still very very much a part of my life. He is. <clears throat> Here's what I've got out of this conversation. There's a couple of things. I haven't seen you for a few years. Mm. And there's probably another conversation we need to have about about the last phone call you made to me. So maybe we'll, we'll do another conversation about that. I was, I was about literally that just going to bring that up. We'll let, yeah, yeah. Let, let, that was the last, that's probably the last time we actually had a chat. It's a long time ago, right? Six, six, several years ago, right? Six, yeah, yeah, six years ago. Um, here's what I got out of this conversation. I am surprised by the joy that, and again, I'm doing it now. Whenever I think of your brother, I grin, right? And, you know, my daughter's mum, Vivian, she does, right? You know, my, my whanau, right, your mate, Coco, you know, so we just grin. Mm. And yet here you are. Congratulations on getting through the other side when... Your survival, your dignity, your grace, your humanity, your kindness were never guaranteed to survive this. Mm-hmm. And well done. And I love that that same energy of Sean, of Sean and Aston, of Aston and Sean, is still present 
with you so powerfully and it's a joyful one. I don't understand how you did that, but oh my goodness, I'm going to reflect on that from this conversation. Mm. Thank you for wanting to do this. And, you know, you, it's you, been a pleasure. What, where are you left with this conversation? Um, with, uh, I guess my intentions here were to obviously come and share some, some memories and some, and, and some stories and, and I guess my, my journey. But um, for me, this isn't about my journey, really. Uh, I can only speak to that. But my, my goal here is really just to hopefully share a bit of awareness around grief and around death. Like, it is such a normal part of life, however, is treated so unnormal. Um, I mean, obviously, different cultures have different ways of dealing with things, but I found in my Anglo-Saxon Pākehā way of dealing with it, it's always very morbid. Um, and I think I've been, I think, it's, 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 for me, it's an absolute celebration. Um, and I think that the discussion around death um, needs to be normalised. And it should be normalised. Like us sitting here talking about, well, unfortunately, it was you know it was all about Shawnee, and I would love to get into, you know, your journey with Paul and stuff as well. But it, it's just, it's just, it, it's it's actually a wonderful discussion to have because we do remember the good times more often than not. Yes, we grieve. Yes, we miss. Yes, we wish that they were sitting right here next to us, but they're not. So let's let's share that with someone else. You know, who who's who's definitely gone through the same thing. There's not one person in this world that hasn't suffered some sort of loss. Um, and so for me, I, I hope uh, that whoever listens to this or whatever is able to maybe just have that conversation with someone if, if they feel they want to, you know. Uh, I'm not here to force that conversation, but I think it's a very healthy and normal conversation to have. And, and yeah, I, it is joyous for me. Um, and I hope that doesn't, you know, sound self-righteous or anything or, or whatever, but it's, 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 you know, I love sharing. I love talking about my brother. Um, it's, a, it's a blessing, you know. I think you'd struggle to ever sound self-righteous. Um, and I struggle to think of a better reason than why I came up with this idea and wanted to create at a loss. Mm.